0: In many institutions of higher learning, there's a study called philosophy. And the, the name philosophy, the word philosophy, literally means love of wisdom. However, in practice, philosophy is the search for truth. And this is a philosophical question. And some believe truth is an abstract entity, abstract entity something that is conceived in the mind. Others believe that truth is relative to one's personal view. In other words, there are many truths, as O says. Still others hold that there is no truth. Thus, while many say they are truth seekers, philosophers have differing opinions on the meaning and reality of truth. Christians claim to seek truth also. And while uh, philosophers ponder and search for and speculate the meaning of truth, but they never really come to a final definite resolution. They don't really want to. They just want to talk about it and speculate. But as Christians, it is possible for us to find the truth that we seek. For our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ promised, he said, if you seek truth, you'll find it. And when we find it, he said, it will make us free not only this but the god we serve is the god of truth and his name is jesus he is the truth in john 14:6 john 14:6 jesus says i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me So Jesus says he is the truth and everyone that comes to God must come by him. Why? Because he is the truth. God told us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Now in John 1837, John 1837, Roman governor, Pontius Pilate, asked Jesus, Are thou a king? Jesus answered and said, Thou sayest that I'm a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Then Jesus makes a very profound statement. He says, Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. So Jesus says, Those who are about truth know the truth when they hear it. For my voice is the voice of truth and my words are the words of truth. And then Pilate clearly demonstrates that he does not understand because in verse 38 he replies, asking Jesus, what is truth? Well, in order to answer this question, we must first understand that truth has at least three definitions. Truth is integrity, as in honesty and trustworthiness. Truth is conformity, as in that which is alignment with fact, reason, or principle. And most of all, truth is reality, as in that which actually exists. Therefore, in John fourteen six, where Jesus says, I am the truth, he is saying, I am honesty. I am trustworthiness. I am conformity. And most of all, I am reality. Well, of course Jesus is reality. He's the source of all existence. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Uh-huh. Thus, Jesus is the personification of truth. He, he and truth are one. Jesus and truth are the same. Now, as human beings, one of our greatest challenges is to perceive both physical and spiritual reality in truth. One of our greatest challenges is to perceive both physical and spiritual reality in truth. Well, what is reality? Something that exists independent of our ideas concerning it. Reality. Something that exists independent of ideas concerning it. And for most of us, the perception of physical and spiritual reality is a challenge because we do not see the things the way they are. We see things the way we want them to be. We see things according to the way we think they ought to be, which is why some believe that truth is relative. Physical reality is a challenge because we are sensory beings. We experience the physical world through our senses, what we hear, what we see, what we taste, what we smell, and what we touch. This is our only connection with our physical environment. Now, the problem is, though, that our senses can easily deceive us. Very often there is a lack of integrity or trustworthiness in the way our senses perceive stimuli. And very often our senses are unable to conform and accurately communicate to our brains the sense impressions we receive. What I'm saying here is that we cannot trust our senses to actually to to actually tell us what's going on in our immediate environment. We cannot actually perceive reality, accurately perceive reality through our senses. This is why you can sit in your seat and be cold and you can sit in your seat and be hot. Further, we cannot trust our senses because what smells good to one stinks to another. What feels good to one is painful to another. What looks green to one might appear to be blue. So the point here is that we cannot accurately interpret physical reality with our senses, because if I say it's hot, but you say it's cold, which one of us is right? right, Which one of us perceives reality correctly? Uh You know, there's a saying, believe half of what you see, some or none of what you hear. So the question is, can we accurately perceive physical reality at all? And the answer is, yes, we can. However, in the physical world, the only realities that we can actually perceive are things which actually exist independent of our ideas. So if I say it is hot, but you say it is cold, the reality in this situation is that there is an actual existence of temperature in the room. Independent of our sensory perception. In fact, wherever, wherever one might be in the entire world, there is an actual existence of temperature somewhere that is up that can be received by sensory perception. So how, therefore, do we how do we perceive temperature independently of sensory perception? Well, there's a gadget called a thermometer which can accurately reveal the numerical value of temperature. It operates independently of anyone's sensory perception. For example, the reading of the thermometer might indicate that the temperature is 75 degrees. Yet a person might say, I'm cold. And if someone says, if you're cold, you might need to see a doctor, because you might be sick. But the average human response then is not is not to admit weakness. So they might reply, there is nothing wrong with me. There's something wrong with that thermometer because I know what I feel. So if it is a challenge for us to perceive spiritual reality in truth, then how can we perceive spiritual reality in truth? If it's a challenge for us to perceive physical reality in truth, then how can we perceive spiritual reality in truth? Spiritual reality cannot be perceived with the senses. Spiritual reality cannot be seen with physical eyes. Spiritual truth cannot be heard with physical ears. Acts twenty eight twenty six. Acts twenty eight twenty six. Acts twenty eight twenty six. The Holy Ghost is quoted. He says, Go unto this people and say, Hearing ye shall not hear and shall not understand. And seeing ye shall not see and not perceive. Is that what it says? Then 1 Corinthians 2.14, 1 Corinthians 2.14, Paul says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. 1 Corinthians 2.14, is that what it says? So the point here is that it is impossible for physical eyes to see spiritual reality in truth and physical ears to hear spiritual reality in truth. And unless one has been truly converted, they cannot perceive spiritual reality. They have eyes that cannot see, and they have ears that cannot hear. Well, one might ask, do I even need to discern spiritual reality? And if so, how does discerning spirituality benefit me? And how? will I discern spiritual reality in truth? How will I? How can I? How can I discern spiritual reality in truth? Mm -hmm. Well, we first must understand that the, the first human beings were created physically and spiritually alive and complete. They were created physically and spiritually alive and complete. However, when they sinned against God, their sin caused the division of body and soul. They became incomplete. They were physically alive, but spiritually dead. Therefore, at the moment of birth, every human being is born temporarily alive, but eternally spiritually dead and incomplete. They cannot perceive spiritual truth. They cannot discern spiritual reality. The spiritual existence of their being is in total darkness. We are born into this world and our souls are born into darkness. We are dead in trespasses and sins. We are held captive by the need for sensory experience. If I cannot taste it, I don't want it. If I can't feel it, I don't want it. If I can't uh, uh, touch it, I don't want it. If I can't see it, I don't want it. The scripture says in Ephesians 2.15, having abolished in his flesh the enmity of even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. Now, one of the accomplishments of the cross, of the work of the cross, was to settle the hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles and unite them Into one body. However, by analogy, the work of the cross was also to settle the hostility between body and soul caused by sin and return them to the original state of completeness. So on the cross, Jesus made it possible now for one, us once again to be complete in body and soul as one being. That's why the scripture says you are complete in him. Once you're of your sins, once you've been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, once you have the indwelling of the Holy Ghost evidenced by speaking in tongues, you are now complete in body and soul. Why? Because the body that you're in will not be your eternal body. And so on the cross, Jesus made it possible once again for us to be complete in body and soul as one being. Jesus says, I came to bring sight to the blind and hearing to the deaf. Why? Because it is impossible for the spiritually blind and the spiritually deaf to perceive spiritual reality in truth. I hope this is making sense to you. So the answer to the question, do we need to discern spiritual reality? The answer is yes. We need spiritual eyes to see the reality of who Jesus is. We need spiritual ears to hear the word which gives us the strength to make it through this world of death and destruction. We need to discern spirituality to please God. We need to discern spiritual reality to walk by faith and not by sight. We need to discern spiritual reality because our souls are immortal. We are headed for eternal damnation and in desperate need of a savior. And the only way you can perceive that is have the ability to discern spiritual reality in truth. Hallelujah. And most of all, most of all, we need to discern spiritual reality in truth to make us free. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. That's John 8.31. John 8.31. So the answer to how does discerning spirituality benefit us? How does that? how, how How does it benefit us? We know why we need it, but how does it benefit us? Well, I just told you discerning, discerning spirituality makes us free. It makes us free from the deception that truth is relative. It makes us free to see truth with spiritual eyes and hear truth with spiritual ears. Discerning spirituality makes us free to fully understand and appreciate what God did for us in the body of Christ Jesus. It makes us free from the ignorance of spiritual things. That's why Paul said it so many times. I will not have you be ignorant. So we need, that's how we benefit from being able to perceive spiritual reality in truth. And most of all, discerning spiritual reality makes us free from the eternal consequences of sin. Why? Because it means that we have been born of the water and born of the Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Jesus says, if you continue in my word, ye shall know the truth. Well, I believe Jesus says that because his word is like a spiritual thermometer. Yes, yes, yes. The word of God exists independently of subjective perception. Hallelujah. The word of God is not relative. The word of God is not a sensory experience. I can't. Ha- I remember that little woman stood in my pulpit and said the Holy Ghost kissed her on the cheek and woke her up. The, Holy, the Word of God is not a sensory experience. The Word is God is how we are able to know truth and be free. The Word of God is a spiritual lamp unto our feet Hallelujah. and a spiritual light unto our path Come on, man. Come on. Roman, uh, John 8:12 8, John 812 John 8:12 8, mm-hmm. Jesus says. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, Uh but shall have the light of life. The Pharisees therefore said unto him, Thou bearest record of thyself, thy record is not true. Uh Jesus answered and said unto them, Though I bear record of myself, yet my record is true. Uh For I know whence I came and whither I go but ye cannot tell whence I came and whither I go. Ye judge after the flesh. I judge no man. And yet if I judge, my judgment is true. For I am not alone, but I and the Father that sent me. It is written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself and the Father that sent me bear witness of me. So Jesus, I believe Jesus is saying, I came to bring sight to those in spiritual darkness. I'm talking to you about spiritual things, but you cannot understand me because you are all in your flesh. Yes, yes, yes. You cannot discern spiritual things. You evaluate my words according to your relative view of reality. I'm speaking truth to you. And according to your laws, for someone to be, something to be true, two must agree. But the fact is, while two of you must agree for something to be true, I am the truth. Hallelujah. Therefore, I validate myself. And not only this, the father and I are one. We are one spirit and in truth. Yeah. Thus, in John 18, John eighteen thirty one, As Jesus stood before Pilate and the Jews, they were judging him uh-huh. according to their relative physical view of physical reality. And not according to the spiritual reality of truth. Verse 33, verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Uh-huh. Jesus answered him saying, Say thou, uh, Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this thing of thyself or did others tell it to thee of me? Sayest thou this thing of thyself or did others tell it to thee? So Pilate asks Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Mm-hmm. And Jesus answers Pilate with a question. Are you asking me this according to what you perceive or what others perceive? Right, Pilate answered him, am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? In other words, Pilate is saying, I'm not a Jew. Your own people have brought you to me to be judged. What have you done that they should bring you to me to be judged? Pilate is wondering why the Jews who operate by their own set of laws and principles are bringing one of their own to be judged according to Roman law. Uh In other words, whose reality is Jesus going to be judged by the Jews or the Romans? Uh So Pilate is asking Jesus, why do your people want me to judge you? Verse 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then there would, then my, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to thee. But now is my kingdom not from hence. I want you to pay attention to what Jesus is saying. Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm not controlling this world. This, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, there'd be no sickness. If my kingdom was of this world, there'd be no disease. If my kingdom was of this world, there'd be no earthquakes. If my kingdom was of this world, there'd be no starvation. If my kingdom was of this world, there would be no earthquakes. There would be no hurricanes. My kingdom is not of this world. Come on here. Come on. Jesus is telling Pilate that my reality is not the reality of this world. If this were my world, my people would defend me against the Jews. My world is a world of righteousness, peace, and joy. This world is a world of wickedness, chaos, and sorrow. My world is a place, this world is a place of deception. Listen, listen, listen. This world is a place of deception where nothing is as it is as it appears and few know the truth. This world is a place of deception where nothing is as it appears and few, if any, know the truth. My world is a world where nothing is hidden and truth is reality. Verse 37, Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I'm a king? To this end was I born, and for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Here it comes. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. That was a dig at Pilate. Mm-hmm. Pilate asked Jesus, are you a king? All right, king? In other words, are you someone who has authority? Jesus answered and says, I came into this world to bring light where there is darkness, to bring sight where there is blindness, to bring hearing where there is deafness. And every human being that is of the truth will perceive spiritual reality because I am spiritual reality. Yeah. Every human being that is of the spirit has eyes that see and ears that hear truth. Pilate looks at Jesus and says, what is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again to the Jews and said unto them, I find in him no fault. Now, considering the fact that the Jews claim to know the truth Uh but wanted Pilate to judge Jesus according to Roman truth, Mm -hmm. Pilate is very sarcastic Mm -hmm. and very cynically, he says, what is truth? Uh In other words, is there anything such thing as truth? Truth seems to be relative. We Romans have a truth and the Jews have a truth. Which one of us is actually right? Which one of us knows the truth? Well, it's the same principle of the reality of the temperature we talked about earlier. If I say it's hot and you say it's cold, which one of us is right? In fact, neither the Romans nor the Jews knew the truth, for had they known the truth, they would have known that the truth was standing right there in front of them. Pilate asked Jesus, what is truth? Well, the Greek translation for truth is aletheia. Greek translation for truth is aletheia, the reality that is clearly seen before one's eyes. Aletheia, the reality that is clearly seen before one's eyes. Therefore, by Pilate's question and and the actions of the Jews, it was blatantly obvious that they were all spiritually dead. They had eyes that could not see and they had ears that could not hear. For the truth by which all truth is measured, the truth by which all truth is measured was standing before them in actual existence before their eyes. The truth manifest in the flesh was standing right in front of them and Pilate asked, what is truth? Well, we now understand why we must discern truth with spiritual eyes and its benefits. But the question still remains. How then do we discern spiritual reality in truth? Uh-huh. How do we see spiritual truth? How do we hear spiritual truth? Uh-huh. Now earlier I briefly mentioned that the word of God is like a spiritual thermometer because it independently reveals spiritual truth. Well, the word of God is not relative to subjective views. Uh-huh. John sixteen twelve. The word of God is not relative to subjective views, although many believe it is. I hope you're getting something out of this. John sixteen twelve, Jesus is speaking to his disciples. He says, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Jesus is saying there are spiritual things that I want to tell you. However, right now you are unable to understand. Mm -hmm. How be it? When he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you unto all truth. Is that what it says? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Uh Now, Jesus' disciples believed in him. And they had been baptized, but they didn't fully understand his teachings. Do you know why? Because they hadn't received the Holy Ghost yet. They had not received the spirit of truth. They had not received the Holy Ghost. Jesus says the Holy Ghost will lead you to all truth. The Holy Ghost will speak and you will hear him. The Holy Ghost will show you and you will see him. The Holy Ghost will open your spiritual eyes and ears and you will discern spiritual reality in truth. 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians 2.9. 1 Corinthians 2.9. 1 Corinthians 2.9. Paul explains the work of the Holy Ghost. But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, Neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. He's talking about the unsaved. Uh The eyes that cannot have him seen it and the ears that cannot hear it. But then he goes on to say, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Capital S, isn't it? For the spirit, the Holy Ghost, searches all things. yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of God, save the spirit of God, save the spirit of man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now, we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, because it's relative, But what the Holy Ghost teaches, because it's truth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them. That's a definitive statement. He cannot know them. Why, Paul? Because they are spiritually discerned. Oh, but he that is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that we may instruct him? Here it comes, Sister Minister, but we have the mind of Christ. The Holy Ghost is the spiritual thermometer independent of relative subjective views of truth. He is the spirit and the revelator of truth. And unless one has the indwelling of him, it is impossible for them to discern spiritual reality in truth. Very often, those who have not the spirit of truth will argue doctrinal points that are easily understood by us. For example, whether or not one must be baptized to be saved. Many of us have experienced those who claim to have the spirit of God, yet they argue over things that are obvious to those who have the spirit of truth. Jesus is not the second person of the Trinity. Jesus is the name of God manifest in the flesh. In the religious world, and I don't say Christians. In the religious world, the truth is ever before us in the word of God. Yet theologians and Bible scholars, all that have gone to cemetery school are ever learning but never coming in to the knowledge of the truth. They have eyes that cannot see and they have ears that cannot hear. It's like the temperature example. The Holy Bible, the word of God, is the actual spiritual reality of God in truth and they cannot see it. They've got eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear. And everyone who professes Christianity agrees that the Bible is the inspired word of God. I had a, 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 a minister professor tell, sing, the B-L-E, that's the Bible, B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. Yes. Then he turns around and says, baptism in Jesus' name is bad theology. Right. But the B-I-B-L-E is the book for you. Right. And it says you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, but he says it's bad theology. He's got eyes that cannot see and ears that cannot hear. However, just as two people can be in the same room and one say it's hot and the other say it's cold, some read the Bible and say baptism isn't necessary for salvation. Others say baptism in water is enough. However, those who have the indwelling of the Spirit of God know that baptism in the water and in the Spirit is absolutely necessary for salvation. You've got to repent of your sins. You've got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins. You've got to have the indwelling of the spirit of truth dwelling in you. You've got to have it or you cannot see it. I don't care how long you go to school. I don't care who you are. I don't care who you think you are. If you haven't been born of the water and born of the spirit, you cannot see the truth of God in reality. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They are unable to see the word of God uh-huh. as the only independent source of spiritual reality. Yes. Yes. So we can answer all our questions now. Yes. How do we perceive spiritual reality by having the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? Uh-huh. How do we see with spiritual eyes by having the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? How do we hear what spiritual is by having the indwelling of the Holy Ghost? As James John says, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us and he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Oh, we know the spirit of truth because the spirit of truth is dwelling in us. He leads us and he guides us to all truth. He said he would and he died. Did that. And he does it every day. He leads and guides us to to the truth every day. Every minute of the day, he, he is there to lead us and to guide us in the right way. He says, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the world. My truth is in you. And if my truth is in you, nobody can deceive you. When my truth is in you, nobody can lie to you. When my truth is in you, nobody can take advantage of you. Hallelujah. 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 I have put my mind in you so that you can understand my word. And when you understand my word, you can live by my word. And when you live by my word, you get the benefit of living by my word. And when you live by my word, you're able to worship me. You're able to worship me in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. 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 The Holy Ghost is the mind of Christ in the soul of every believer. The Holy Ghost is God's free gift to whomever will receive it. So the answer to what is truth? Truth is the Holy Ghost. And his name is Christ Jesus. Let's give the Lord some praise. Let's give the Lord some praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that we know that you are the truth. We thank you that you have given us the spirit of truth by which we are able to know the the things that you have freely given to us. We love you, Lord. Lord. We love you, Lord. Lord. And we thank you for your many, many benefits. And most of all, we thank you for the most excellent sacrifice you made for us on Calvary's cross. Thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Anyone in need of prayer this morning? Anyone in need of prayer? All right. Any questions or comments? Something made sense, something didn't make sense, something you agreed with, something you didn't agree with? Thank you.